Hello, everyone. Welcome to our show today. My name is John Drummond, or Yang Haowen. Hello, 大家好，欢迎各位再度来到 Angie 英文。我是 Angela. We have a great episode for you today with my new friend, who is quickly becoming my good friend, Francis, who is known around the Taiwanese and professional community as Francis Chang. 没错，今天我们请到的来宾呢，不出所料，又是跟加密货币有关。听众朋友们，不妨就利用这个机会多听一些相关资讯，用英文呢来了解更多关于这个虚拟的金融世界吧。My guest today is Taiwanese. However, she has lived and worked all over the world. She is back in Taiwan now, working for a hardware wallet in the Web3 space. Called Coolbit X. She has worked in art galleries, fintech, event management, and so much more. So, everyone, please welcome my new friend, Francis. Yay! <laughs> Boom! What's up, Miss Francis? Well, thank you for having me here today, John. Very excited to be on your show as my first podcast ever. First podcast. Ever and I can't believe it because you are so cool. You do so many things. You navigate so many spaces in work and in life, and in geography, all around the world. And it's so cool because I got to hear of you through our mutual friend Lucas, who was like, I did his show just recently, and I was telling him about my crypto life, and he was like, I got a perfect person to come on your show. And we got in touch, and here you are. I am super happy that we connected, and、um, it would be very exciting to talk crypto, to talk life, culture, languages. And since you're so well traveled and you've got so many different experiences as well, I think it will be very, very interesting. Super, super cool, awesome, Francis. So, can we start off by introducing a little bit about yourself? Who is the woman, the myth, the legend, Francis? <laughs> I will try not to overwhelm with information. So I am currently working for a company called Corbidex, and we specialize in、um, hardware wallets that provides top security for、um, crypto crypto digital assets. And very quickly, just、um, we'll talk more about how I got into the crypto sphere because previously I was working in art galleries、um, and、um, working in、um, fintech and events. Management. Yeah, love it. You've been all over. You and Lucas used to work together at Mochi. Is that correct? Yes, at Mochi. That、yeah. is correct. And it's so cool. And yeah, we'll share a little bit about kind of the story of how you came to enter the crypto space with Coolbit X. And so I don't want to get too deep with everyone here, but there is some really fun, important things about security when it comes to crypto. And so. Francis, maybe can, you could take us through a little bit of your journey with how you got into the space, and maybe some best safe practices people can use when interacting with cryptocurrency. Of course. So、um, the really cool thing I know that John, you've been in the cryptocurrency world for about four years. Correct.、So、Look at your memory. Expert. <laughs> Since I've been in the industry for ten months,、um, everything's still pretty new, to be honest. And、um, I think the 
biggest thing I've learned is that when people get into the cryptocurrency, they want to start investing. And obviously, everyone is going on the different exchanges, whether it be Binance, um, Crypto.com or Coinbase. And um, the thing that people don't realize is that once you start investing on the exchanges, you actually need a separate um, hardware device to really keep your asset, your asset secure. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure everyone that's in the crypto industry has heard um if it's not your key it's not your coin Ooh, yes that's a good slogan right there so i think the biggest thing is knowing that um other than the exchanges that you need to have a backup yeah well well said so once you buy a token on these exchanges kind of where do you put it right and this this term that we use is called wallets and that's just to think that's a skeuomorphic this is a difficult word friends skeuomorphic word it's a design thinking word it's like a real wallet that you have in real life you put your money and your credit cards your yo-yo cards inside that and you you know you carry it around with you well we have that also in the digital space where do you put your digital assets and how do you keep them safe and that's what you're doing now with cool bit x is that right Exactly. I think a good way um, for people that's not in the crypto industry would be thinking of it as, you know, when we put money in our traditional bank account, we might have, you know, gold bars, but you're not just going to put your gold bar underneath your pillow, right? It's not the most secure way. So obviously you have a separate safe that secures your gold bar and um cold wallets work the same way as in like you know they store your private key so that uh, your asset can be secured within the safe space because you know the funny thing john is that in the cold wear wallet um, industry let's just say that our popularity rise every single time after a scam happens because mm. that's when people realize the importance of having a hardware wallet other than keeping your asset on the exchanges. Yeah, so true. When something bad happens is when they realize how important security is. And I think there could be some fun vocabulary here for our audience here on NG Ingwen, Francis. And that's kind of, can you help our audience understand what is the difference between a cold wallet and a hot wallet? Of course. So um, with the crypto exchanges, um, like I mentioned earlier, with Binance or Crypto.com or Coinbase, anything that um, you're just putting your asset there uh, that's connected to the Internet is um, considered as a hot wallet. Right. And um, the thing about hot wallet is that you don't own your private key. So essentially, you're leaving it up to the exchanges to keep your private key. And that's, you know, when hacking happens, you don't really have security there. Now, on the other hand, um, with a cold wallet, what it does is that you own the private key on your cold wallet. So in that sense, like you are protected against hacking because your device is actually not online. Yes, that's so, so vital. Yeah, so getting it offline so you're not connected to the internet in any way unless you want to. Unless you want to trade, then you can plug yourself back in, converse, and and transact. But taking it offline so you're safe is, uh, is a very key, key concept. 上半段这边来宾提到说，他目前在台湾做硬体钱包的 Cool Bit X 酷币科技工作。好，那硬体钱包如果听起来有点陌生的话。
其实就是一个让用户可以安全存放他们虚拟资产、存放加密货币的这个一个硬体装置。好，有没有听起来好像很厉害？但更厉害、更特别的是呢，来宾以前除了有在跟加密货币比较相关的金融科技产业待过以外呢，其实也做过美术画廊和活动策划的工作，而且世界各地都让他跑遍了。<笑>至于到底是怎么转换跑道，变成在加密货币的市场上？上班的，嘿嘿，这就是测验大家听力的时候了。其实呢，他才刚加入这间公司，刚进入加密货币市场不到一年的时间而已。但在这短短十个月里面呢，他就有注意到很多刚开始接触加密货币投资的新人，不管是透过哪一个货币交易所，都好像不太知道说，他们如果直接就把这些货币存放在交易所的话。其实不是最安全的做法，好要应该要另外用一个硬体装置来存放才会最保险。毕竟人家说 “Not your keys, not your coins”， 对不对？好，就是没有私钥就没货币这样子。就算货币是你的，但如果你没有了私钥，没有自己的钥匙也没用。他刚有举个例子，就就是有点像说，我们如果跟银行买买金条、买金块的话，一般通常都会放保险箱之类的。那虚拟资产也一样，也要放在一个安全度高的地方，也就是这个所谓的硬体装置 （cold wallet） 冷钱包。那有冷钱包就有热钱包嘛，对不对？冷钱包就是像信用卡一样的一个一张硬体装置，而且你有自己的私钥，不需要连网路，只要透过蓝牙就可以查看资产金额。那热钱包就是刚才他们讲，在网路上你交易所上面没有自己专属的私钥，而且直接就是大拉拉的躺在网路上那里，好，整个脸上就写着欢迎骇客进入，所以才会说不需要网路的冷钱包比要连接网路的热钱包来的安全。那进入下半段之前呢，几个字我们听一下。第一个是前面来宾讲到的 fintech， fintech， 它其实是 finance 财经跟 technology 科技两个字的合并，好，也就是我们说的金融科技。另外这个字 exchange， 因为它本身就有交换的意思，所以这边呢有点把意思做延伸，用来指买卖货币的交易所。OK， 或者是像我们出国，通常不是都会要换台币嘛？也是用这个字，在银行、在机场，如果看到 currency exchange， 那就表示是换钱换汇的地方。那投资买卖，不管是实体还是虚拟，到一定程度后，我们都会累积出一些资产嘛，对不对？那这资产一般会说 assets。但如果是用在其他情况下，有时候也会有优点、优势的意思哦，大家要注意。最后这个刚才这样提到的字比较难一点，大家再听一次。skeuomorphic， skeuomorphic， 好，它表达的是拟真或是仿制，就是保留物品 A 的某种特质，但是结合其他特色做成物品 B 的样子。像刚他们说的这个冷钱包呢，就是一个例子。好，那我们话不多说，赶快继续听下去吧。And so I love to ask, you know, how do you feel about the whole crypto space right now? You know, you entered about ten months ago. What do you think? <laughs> That is not the easiest question, John.、Um, <laughs> well,、um, I think just you know, with my trajectory of Being at Visa and then getting into like the Louvre Museum, being the art galleries, like shifting into the crypto space is just something that 
most of my friends would have never imagined because people think of like you know when you think of Louvre, you have this idea that everything is so traditionalist, like you know everything is like 17th century. Then cryptocurrency is like boom, like <laughs> welcome to 21st century. Um, I would say that in this industry right now, um, everyone's been talking about NFT. Like NFT is like the biggest, like hottest topic that is happening, and at the same time, I think there's also like the misconception when it comes to cryptocurrency. You get two types of people.、Mm-hmm. You get the ones that go, "Oh, you work in the crypto industry? That is so cool. That's so avant-garde. It's so, it's so new," and that they're excited about this technology. Then you have the other type of people that, when you talk about cryptocurrency, they're like, "Oh, it's scammy. It's like money laundering. Like all the negative terms that they can possibly associate with, they do." So it's it's crazy that I come into this industry. I'm like, "Oh, I didn't know that this was this extreme." Wow, I couldn't agree more with you. And it's it's so wild because I believe in the technology and where we're going with this. But every time I try to talk to some of my traditional friends, they're like, "What are you trying to sell me?" And why is it, it like, everything you do is a scam now, John? Your whole life is useless. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, man! Like this is crazy. And you just had a fun story. Well, I don't know if this is fun. I'm sorry, at your expense, <laughs> dear Francis. But you just had a fun little experience on a dating app with this. Yes, I did. So、um, to get into that story a little bit, because it is it is embarrassing for me, but also you're right, it is fun and funny at the same Hopefully time. Hopefully, we can laugh about it now. I, I do laugh about it now. So、um, recently, I was on a dating app, and、uh, I haven't used a dating app. I would say at least for three to four years. So my first time on this dating app,、um, I would not name it.、Um, it's my first time using this app. So then, halfway through chatting, you know,、um, the guy I was talking to was like, "Okay, we were talking about languages actually." And then I was telling him how I'm learning Spanish, and then he says, "Okay, why are you learning Spanish?" And I said, "Oh, it's because the region I'm overseeing, North and South America, especially in Latin America, Spanish is much needed." Then he goes, "So which industry do you work in?" Then I go. Cryptocurrency. The next thing I know, like he blocks me, and this conversation disappears, like it never happened. And I was like,、oh、wait, what just、God. happened here? What did I say? Like tear, cry, cry, <laughs> cry, cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. And it's so extreme because he's expecting that maybe you're trying to set him up for a scam, or you're about to sell him some, like you know, some tokens. You don't even know why. But it's crazy, and he didn't even give you a chance to explain yourself. He just blocked you. He just blocked me at the cryptocurrency industry, and you know,、um, you know, adding oil to the fire, John. It might also have to do with the fact that prior to the cryptocurrency question, he was asking me about where are you from, where is home,、mm-hmm. and as you know, I am Canadian Taiwanese by nationality, and、um, I've lived in China, lived in France, and Peru. Peru、um, and the states. So as our family move,、um, the concept of home, I, I would say, it doesn't fit into like the normal standard of having one location. So I was telling him, you know, home base.、Um, At one time was Paris, then another time it was、uh, Beijing, and then another time it was Seattle. Then he got confused. A bit, so I guess you know that paired with cryptocurrency was like, boom! This person is like ultimate scammer. She's a robot, <laughs> and I shouldn't trust anything she says. <laughs> oh man! 
Well, I love that you can laugh about it, and I hope that you can find the right person who understands <laughs> what a gift you are to the the world because of your experience and your nature, and how you have so much cool experience that you're pulling from now and bringing it into the cryptocurrency world. And I think that's the most beautiful thing because that moves us forward. I, I just love what you're doing. Welcome into this wonderful wild, wild west of an industry. And thank you for, for bringing a little wonderful gift. And I'm so excited to actually have my first hardware wallet. I am very happy. And this is not a sales pitch or anything, John. But once you start using the core wallet, you will love how amazing it is when it just fits into your physical wallet like a credit card. It's so cool. It's very sleek, very sexy. So well done to the product designers at CoolBitX. Awesome, Francis. Well, do you mind if we switch gears a little bit? The story of you, I know, is hard to summarize in the in the next 10 minutes or so that we have together. But you did so nice kind of summarizing. Yeah, you are Canadian Taiwanese and now you're back in Taiwan. So how about we start with that and maybe some impactful moments that have kind of shaped the woman you are today? Of course. So um, I think I'll probably start by sharing that I moved to Taiwan in um, 2019, just right before the pandemic. Um, didn't see that coming. And um Perhaps a way to simplify the story um, is to say, so I was originally born in Taiwan. Then I left Taiwan when I was um, nine years old, um, when we moved to China. So there was when I started going to American school in Guangzhou and then um, British school. In Guangzhou, in, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I used to do a lot of work in Guangzhou. Okay, I did not know <laughs> yeah, that. for the music industry. Sorry, excuse yeah. me. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was American school in Guangzhou. Then we moved to Shanghai where I attended British school. Then it was off to Canada for my high school, the States for my university, then um, France for my MBA. <laughs> what <laughs> a woman. take a breather there. <laughs> Incredible. So, you know, I think in each and every country I've lived about, you know, um, four to seven years. And really recently, right before Taiwan, I was in Paris for eight years. So in those times, um, you know, moving to a new country every time, you have to not just learn about the local language, but also the local culture. And it's a lot, and especially with the Parisians is all about like the unspoken protocol, right? <laughs> Ooh, the unspoken protocol. I love this. Do tell us more. Um, so, for example, the funny thing about French is like, you know, they get a lot of tourists like on a yearly basis, right? right? And um, there's one little trick that I would like to share um, <laughs> is that People go to France and they're like, the Parisians are so rude all the time. They don't want to speak English. The thing is like, I promise you, this word is going to change your life. And it's so simple. Literally, every time you go into a shop or go to um, um, get your bread, go to the restaurant, the first thing you say literally is just bonjour, just bonjour. hello. Yes. Because like this is like such an unspoken protocol that people don't even realize because the French people until they hear your bonjour they they don't they don't see you as a person. Mm. So the moment you're like you acknowledge the presence by saying hello, then they're like okay, how can I help you? I love that and it's so true. Actually, I think about that almost in every language. The little word of hello 
in the local dialect. It like puts them into their their normal self again, and they can then interact with you. Yes, it's crazy because wow, well said. You know, just like if you're going to, for example, a um, a lot of tourists they go shopping, right? And then they have this tendency to just go up to the salesperson and they go, "Oh, excuse me, excuse can you me. give me a size um two? And for the French, it just doesn't work like that. You you have to start with bonjour, then you go into like the whole like parlez-vous anglais, like do you speak English? Then they're like, oh, we like unpur like a little bit, mm-hmm. and and then they're more welcome. Right, it's it's beautiful. It's yeah, that creating that that safe place so you both can at least acknowledge you're acknowledging their culture, and then they're more happy to interact with you. Definitely. Well, well said. And so thinking about all the places you've lived, all the languages you've interacted with, do you remember things that helped you learn language along the way? Definitely, yes. Other than. Dating apps. <laughs> That's like you know, embarrassing story. <laughs>、um, so I would say that when I first moved to Guangzhou, like straight from、um, the Taiwanese school system,、um, going into the American school system in Guangzhou, I would say just trying to speak, even though at that time my English wasn't perfect. I think it's just getting over the fear that people are gonna judge you because your accent is not perfect. Because I know that for a lot of people, not even just in English, but then even like in French, Spanish, or Portuguese, I sometimes people are really concerned about their accent. Like I don't, I'm not speaking like a native or like etc. But then as I come to learn over the years, is that it's so cool when people have an accent, like because this good outlook. It, it it like shows like you are not native, but、mm-hmm. then it's actually a strength,、yes. you know. Like because like when people meet me, like they'd be like, I can't really put what your accent is. To be honest, like sometimes you sound American, other times you sound a bit Canadian, and then every now and then you have like a British word just popping out of your mouth. And I'm like, well, that's literally because of a combo of the places I've lived and how I grew up. So I used to be really. Conscious about that, to be honest, until I dated my French ex-boyfriend、um, in Paris, and even then, that was like you know English back in when I was ten in American school in Guangzhou. Even like in my thirties, like in Paris, like I remember thinking I really want to speak French like a native. Then he goes, you know what? You don't even realize how sexy, and this could just be a pickup line, but he was like, you don't even realize like how sexy you are when you speak French because you have. Have this like very British English accent that is not American, but then with a French British accent when you speak French. So, <laughs> what a pickup line! Shout out to your ex boyfriend. <laughs> so every time, like you know, you know, he was like, you know, it's so super sexy because you don't sound like every single French person that's in the street, and that was amazing because now you can tell that. Your accent is like literally. It tells your journey. It tells like your story, and you stand out from the rest of the people locally.、Mm, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, nicely articulated there, because I think that is so beautiful. And having the little subtleties in many different languages has given you this unique accent that is、mm. only Francis. <laughs> Francis is. Francis is. <laughs> Yeah, and it's so cool. I love that. I love that way of thinking about it. It's a beautiful mindset, really, to how to feel excited and feel proud of your own story. You know, your own journey. Yeah, you so, know, I love that. Yeah, the interesting is like when you start to own all the things that you、Ooh. thought that was a flaw、mm. and actually turn that into a strength. 
Okay, then just, I'm motivated right now, Francis. <laughs> Let's go start a company. <laughs> then that's the moment you go. You know, like all those things that you thought it was kind of your weak point. In fact, if you were like imagining other people looking at your life, or you know, John, like you know, like how perfect, how amazing you are. Like sometimes you don't even realize like how amazing you are until you kind of right. see it from other people's like perspective. Yeah, I know? love that. Well, Francis, thank you so much for making some time out of your crazy life, your wonderful life, your beautiful life to come grace us with your presence here on NG Nguyen. And a question I'd love to end with is if you could go back and talk to a younger Francis, would there be any advice you give yourself about life, language, culture, anything? That is a very good question, You know, John. we try to go deep here every once in a while. Now I have to kind of turn my, <laughs> turn, switch the gear. And um, I would say that if I were to tell my younger self um, an advice would just... To try, and I, I know that this sounds overly simplistic, but what I mean by that is that a lot of times we are so scared by the outcome. You know, we are scared of judgment. Like, if I do this, what if I don't succeed? What if other people think I'm weird? What if? But then if I could go back, it would just been like, in my core, would I regret more for not trying this? Or would I regret more for trying? And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure that for people, no matter what age you are, whether you are like in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s, or even like, you know, in your 80s, I think it's more like, you know, I wanted to do something, I went for it, I tried, versus the sentiment of saying, I wish I did. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said. Owning your life right there, you know, just going for it, trying. Well, well said. Well, Francis, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find any more of your life online? I know you might have some fans coming after this. <laughs> so where can people find your life online? Uh, so, John, as um, you know, I don't really use uh, social media, to be completely honest. Businesswoman life. <laughs> but, um, but people can find me on Instagram at the handle. Her name is Francis. Her name is Francis. So cute. <laughs> awesome, Francis. Well, thank you again for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you, John, for having me here. It's a pleasure. 下班在这边，来宾分享到说，他呢似乎已经很熟悉这个市场，也观察到一些有趣而且嗯蛮极端的现象。好、哦，像对于加密货币这件事来说，大致上分成两种人。一种呢是觉得做货币投资很前卫、很新鲜；一种是对加密货币可能有些误解，好、哦、觉得可能是诈骗啊、洗钱的。例如，他之前在交友网站上就遇到一位本来还聊得不错的对象，结果对方一得知来宾他是做加密货币的，而且住过很多国家之后，可能因为觉得哼 too good to be true 或什么的，可能就觉得是是诈骗，就立马封锁加删除，直接人间蒸发。所以，对有些人来说，加密货币是个好的赚钱投资方式，但也有的人不这么认为。听众朋友们，你们觉得呢？接着，来宾也分享到了他丰富的多元文化成长背景。本来在台湾出生长大的他呢，九岁的时候跟家人搬到中国住，念当地的美国学校和英国学校。之后呢，又搬到加拿大念高中，然后再到美国念大学，最后到法国念他的气管硕士。MBA 一整个就是国际化到不行，也因为这样子让他很懂得怎么样去融入各种当地文化
。想住在巴黎的话呢，就必须要懂得当地人生活的一个潜规则。好，就是你做任何事之前，就是一定要先用法文跟对方打招呼才行，不然，嗯，没有人当把你当一回事，没有人要理你。所以，可想而知，来宾他除了英文、中文以外，大概也是会说法文啊，哈。那对于语言学习这边，他也提到一点很重要，而且也是我们 NG 英文不断在跟大家鼓励的，就是真的要多开口讲啊！哈，语言它本来就是要拿来讲的嘛，不说你怎么怎么进步呢，对不对？而且有时候有口音还会让人觉得别有特色。最后他说，很多时候我们要做一件事情之前啊，常常都会因为想太多而错失良机。所以，与其将来回首一生的时候呢，感叹当初应该要做某事，还不如赞叹自己的当年勇。好，要 own your life， 不管要做什么，自己觉得 OK 了，就赶快去做，不要想太多。这个字节目尾声这边复习一下 ，at someone's expense， 它有拿某人开玩笑、消遣某人的意思。刚刚讲他不是就有请来宾讲他网络交友的故事吗？因为因为我们分享他的个人经历来娱乐大众，所以这样才会说抱歉哦。我们听故事听得很好笑，但是呃 ，at your expense， 拿你开玩笑这样。那在法国生活的这个潜规则，这个潜就是没有被说出来的嘛，对不对？就是 unspoken。好，所以除了可以像来宾一样说 the unspoken protocol 以外，一般也可以说呃、uh, the unspoken rule。潜规则。好啦，希望大家今天一样有学到新东西。有兴趣的话呢，待会赶快去多了解一下他们冷钱包的相关资讯吧。